So we're looking at the word forward as we purpose in our heart in 2024 that we are going to progress. Amen. Amen. I heard a man of God say recently, if we're going to move forward and if we're going to progress in 2024, we must stay in faith. Amen. Amen. I said we must stay in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stay focused on his promises and don't allow the distractions of this age to enter in and choke the word. So we're taking the word forward. And last week we looked at the word F, which stands for faith. Get in and stay in faith. For the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back or shrink in fear, which is the opposite of making progress and moving forward, he said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back in fear. We are those who look at our future with high expectations. We do not dread the future. We have confidence and faith in a faithful God that our future is as bright as the morning sun. Glory to God. Your path that God has for you is bright. And everything that he has for you is out ahead of you. So do not let your past trip you up. And don't let your pastor hinder you and cause you to move backward. No, no, no. But let go of the past and know this, that he is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in your life. For it is, in fact, a new season. And as I was shaving this morning, I believe this came to me. That there are some people that are in this place today. Maybe one or two. I don't know how many. But you need to stop. Stop. Kicking yourself. And holding yourself back and stop condemning yourself about past mistakes and past sins it's time to get up and move up and move on and move forward amen and concerning the past he's able to keep you from failing he's able to keep you from falling he's able to hold you up amen I can remember when I was in a treatment center back in 1975. We were having group therapy. And our counselor asked us to demonstrate some of the ways that we were feeling. It was kind of a radical type of therapy. But there was a chair over there. And I ran over to that chair and I kicked it. Representative of me. And I went back to my chair and I sat down. And Gary Sullivan, my counselor, looked at me and says, Well, aren't you going to pick it up? See, some of you, you've been kicking yourself in the rear too long. You need to pick yourself up. He will lift you up. He will pick you up. So don't allow your past to hinder you. Now, O stands for only on Him. Everyone say only only on him oh glory to God in Psalm 62 verse 5 notice this with me the psalmist said my soul waits thou only upon God for my expectation is from him 
David is talking to himself. Do we not need to talk to our souls? Do we not to need to encourage ourselves in the Lord? Verse 6. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. What David is saying, nothing else or nobody else is my rock. And there is no one or nothing in this world that should be your rock. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. As much as Brenda loves me and I love Brenda, I am not her rock. She is not my rock. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my relationships. But my eyes are only on Him. He is your rock. He is your defense. He is your high tower. Amen. Now notice with me. In the Young's translation in verse uh, 1, it says this, Only toward God is my soul silent. From Him is my salvation. Verse 2, read it with me. Only He is my rock and my salvation, my tower. I am not much moved. Another translation says, My defense and my fortress, I shall not be greatly moved. Notice verse 5. Let's read it together. Only for God be silent, O my soul, from, for from Him is my hope. Read verse 6. Only He is my rock and my salvation, my high tower, and I am not moved. Well, we might as well read verse 7 together. On God is my salvation and my honor, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. One translation says, He is my unyielding strength. Now, why would we need to keep saying that? Because the tendency of humanity is to let that truth slip from us. He's our rock. Man is not our rock. He is our rock. We need to start, we need to start talking to our soul and tell our soul, soul, quit lurking at the circumstances. Look only at what he has said in his word and what he has said by his spirit to you. In Psalms 146, in the Living Bible, notice with me, it says this. Praise the Lord. Yes, really praise Him. Help your neighbor out right now. And say this. Praise the Lord. Yes, really praise Him. Lord, can we really praise Him for a few seconds? Glory to God. Yes, really praise Him. Really praise Him. Glory to God. I don't know how you praise Him, but I know how I praise Him. And there's different ways to praise Him. You can praise Him with hands lifted up. You can praise Him on your knees. You can praise Him on your face. You can praise Him in the dance. Amen. You can praise Him in the shout. But for heaven's sakes, we must really praise Him. Amen. Amen. Verse 2. 
I will praise him as long as I live. Yes, even with my dying breath. I mean, that's a great way to go out, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Whew, glory to God. Talk about a change of scenery. Oh, yeah. Notice verse 3. Don't look to men for help. Their greatest leaders fail. For every man must die. Don't look to the government for your help. Their greatest leaders fail. For every man must die. His breathing stops. Life ends. And in a moment, all he planned for himself is ended. But read verse 5 with me. But happy is the man who has the God of Jacob as his helper, whose hope is in the Lord his God. What this is saying to you and I today, that our trust, our confidence is only on him. Who is your deliverer? Who is the one that can get you out of the mess or out of the challenges that you face? Our eyes are only on Him. He's our strength. He's our health. He is our provision. Notice with me in Hebrews, the second chapter now. And this has to do with what we see and what we look at. Does it make a difference what we look at? I mean, you can't watch seven, eight hours of television a day and have victory in your life. Why? Because there's too much junk out there. There's too many things that will distract you from his plan for your life. Now, notice with me in Hebrews, the uh, 12th chapter, in verse 2, it says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus who is the leader and source of our faith. He's the author and he's the finisher of what? No, no, it goes on to say, giving the first incentive for our belief as he's also its finisher, bringing into maturity and perfection. Now notice this. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So what this tells us, it tells us how he endured. It tells us how Jesus endured what he was about to go through. The scripture says, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, but he looked past what was about to happen. He looked past what he was going through, and he saw a bunch of us. He saw a bunch of us right here at Heart of the Bay. Don't you know he did? He sees down through the ages. The timeless one sees everything, and he saw you. And he saw me. And he saw this church. And he saw your family. And as a result of that, he was able to endure because his heart and his mind was not set on anything else other than you and I. When he was on the cross, I said, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. 
Glory to God. Even when you were a rascal. Even when you were out there in the world. You were on his mind. Even when you faced great testings and great challenges in your life before Christ. You were on his mind. He saw you. And he sees you in your particular situation. And he endured the pain. He endured the shame. Because he knew that one day a new creation was going to come on the scene. He knew that one day unrighteous people would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He knew that one day an unredeemed people would be the redeemed of the Lord. And they would declare it and they would say so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. When, I, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Hallelujah. So we could say it this way, that we were his focus. We were his focus. And I believe this. Since he was so focused to that extent, you and I can follow his example. You and I also can be focused on our Savior. We can be focused on his promises. We can be focused on the favor that he gives us. We can be focused on the goodness of God. Even though sometimes it seems as if we go through fiery tests and fiery trials. Even though the enemy tries to knock us down. And sometimes he does. But oh, thank God, he cannot knock us out. Why? Because we keep getting up. And the reason why we can keep getting up is because Jesus got up. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. Early Sunday morning, he came out of the tomb, the resurrected one. And he is made available to each and every one of you. Resurrection life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has raised you from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has raised you up out of the dunghill and set you in heavenly places and made you to sit together with him. So I can follow his example. You can do it. You can get to such a place in your life that you refuse and you do not allow anything to distract you. But to do that, we must have our eyes, everyone say, only, only on Him. Now we know that one of the major distractions that the devil uses is distraction, right? One of the major weapons. And so I understand this, that my ability... To succeed in life. If I'm going to succeed in life, I must stay focused. Have you discovered that there are a lot of things out there that are calling for your attention? Right? Now we can learn a lot if we look at Matthew chapter 14. And I want to take a few moments with this this morning. Matthew chapter 14, and I believe it begins over in verse uh, 23. And we'll look at verse 23 through 32. Notice this with me. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to do what? 
And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse 24. Verse 24. But when the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them. He was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But notice verse 27. But right away, straightway, Jesus spoke unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Don't you know the master always comes with a message of faith, not of fear. Amen. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Amen. And he said what? Come. That one word, come, was more than enough for Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Amen? And we've got a whole lot more than one word. We've got book after book after book after book of God's word. And so he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water and he went to Jesus. Isn't that powerful? He walked on the water and went to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. In other words, he began to sink. He began to shrink back in fear rather than moving forward on the word come. So he beginning to sink, all right, cried out saying, Lord, save me. Glory. Isn't that good to know? That even though we shrink and even sometimes we feel like we're drowning, we can say, Lord, save me. (laughs) And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. So we see here that Peter had his eyes only on him until he started giving his attention to something else. His faith was working as long as his eyes were only on him. And then he began to sink. Now we should not be so hard on Peter. He did get out of the boat. He was walking. At least he got out of the boat. We don't criticize him for that. I mean, some people aren't even in the boat. Much less than getting out of the boat. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I'd a whole lot be a wet water walker than a dry boat rider. How about you? So Jesus called him to come on to him on the water. He did. He began to sink. And Peter went down quickly. He went down quickly. It doesn't take long for us to go down. That's why we emphasize strongly in this church, please stay in the boat and stay in the word and stay in church and stay in fellowship with one another. Stay in. Whatever God has led you to be in, stay in it. So obviously Peter didn't have to sink, right? 
And neither do we. But it requires our focus. This is what I want you to see. That it requires our focus. It requires our attention. And our eyes to be only, only on Him. I want you to be thinking about that phrase in the middle of the night. Only on Him. When the enemy brings all sorts of thoughts and suggestions of failure, just flip the switch and say, my eyes are only on Him. Look at your neighbor and say, my eyes are only, they are only on Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And what that does, is that removes pressure from your life. And it also removes pressure that you've been putting on other people. Faith brings no pressure on people. Now you'll notice that this goal of $550,000 was met, right? Did we pressure you? We don't do that here. We refuse to pressure people. Because... When we pressure people, people become our source. And when you pressure people, whether it be your husband or your wife or your employer, whatever and whoever it may be, you have removed your eyes from being only on him to others. Do you see that? Amen. My eyes are on Him. Only on Him. He is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. Come on, say it with me. He's my author. He is my finisher of my trust and of my confidence. I've got my eyes only on Him. Why is that? Because He is our source. Now understand this. Our source has many channels that He'll flow through. But we should never pressure the channel. Are you listening to me? God will use people. God will use people. He will use things as a channel to even get you to a place where you experience divine health. Now, we've got the Word, right? And if we stay in the Word, we believe that we receive healing and health for our lives, right? But there are times where you might need a little help. I said there are times where you might just need a little help. You might just need a little medication. Along with your meditation. Amen. You might, just, you might just need a little help. Well, God didn't raise up medical science to hurt you. God raised up medical science to help you. Thank God for medical science. If it weren't for medical science, a lot of people wouldn't be alive today. And that's not a condemning statement. That's just a fact. Now, on the other hand... You need to be led by the Spirit of God concerning medical science. 
it can be a channel through which your source can work through as you're meditating on the word of God it can be your help and it's the same thing with different areas of our lives say with me God is my source I've got my eyes I got my eyes only on him so what we're talking about today is required focus required focus You cannot see your miracle looking at the problems. You cannot see your provision looking at and crying about the bills. Oh, the bills, the bills, the bills, the bills. Well, what about God, God, God? Now, this is an area every one of us have been challenged in. I've been challenged in this more than once. And I have failed the test more than once. But I'm learning. And I'm growing. Not to be weary in well-doing. Not to worry myself. But to roll my care over on God. And call those things that be not as though they were until they are. Come on, somebody. I believe this for every test. If we'll handle ourselves properly according to the word of God in the midst of a test, there will be a testimony. There will be an other side to the storms of life that we are facing. But my brothers and sisters, it requires our attention. It requires our focus. We must see our bills paid before we experience our bills paid. I don't know about you, but I cannot see my healing looking at the symptoms. You have to see you healed before you are healed. And I believe what the Holy Ghost is saying, if you can see it, you can seize it. Because things happen first on the inside. Come on now. You are a spirit being. Created in the image and likeness of God. He has made you in His image. And He has placed everything that you'll ever need in life on the inside of you. He has given you the measure of mountain moving faith. But this faith must not lie dormant. We must understand that these things happen first on the inside. Then they work themselves out to the outside. Let's say it like this. My ability to see and your ability to see is your vision. And where do we get vision from? We obtain vision from God's word. His word enables you to see what he has seen all the time. I'm going to say that again. His word enables you to see what he already sees. Ooh, glory to God. And when he looks at you, all he sees is a son. All he sees is an heir. All he sees is a joint heir with Christ. When he sees you, he sees you washed in the blood. He sees you cleansed. He sees you in right standing with him. 
When my God sees you, He sees you healed. He sees you prosperous. He sees you as the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. So then, it's time for us to start seeing ourselves the way that He sees us. And in order for me to see myself the way He sees me, I've got to say what He has said about me. And when I say what he has said about me and act on what he has said about me, that which is on the inside begins to work itself on the outside and manifestation time is there. Are you understanding? Everyone say only. Only Only on him. him. Here's what I got this morning. We obtained this vision from God's word. His word enables us to see what he sees. It paints a picture of our complete redemption on the inside of us. And from the inside, you work it out. To the outside, by your declarations, by your actions, and by your praising. You get it? I'm going to say that again. And from the inside, you work it out to the outside by your faith declarations, by your actions, and by your praising. Can we praise Him for five seconds? Somebody count to five. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. think about Abraham for a minute Abraham considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief if he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb he had to consider something else And what he considered is what God said to him. And God said to him, Abram, I've made you the father of many nations because I'm a God who calls those things which be not as though they were. And here's what I saw, the progression in that. I must not consider, everyone consider not, stagger not, but call those things that be not as though they were. I call you strong. Amen. What are you calling yourself? Strong. I call you healed. What are you calling yourself? Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. Consider not, stagger not, then call those things that be not. Glory to God. It all has to do with our focus. Everyone say focused. Now when we do these things... He will uphold you. He'll pick you up from the water like he picked Peter up. He will uphold you by his power and by his spirit as you keep your focus on him. Years ago, Jerry Savelle preached a masterpiece of a message. He has a series. And he dealt with the word focused. Everyone say focused. And he broke that word down so beautifully. It's very, very strong in my spirit. I've probably preached it a hundred times here. 
Some of you already may not know, you already know where I'm going. But focus. Jerry said, fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. Say it with me. Fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every other day. When we feel like it? No, every day. And here's what I saw the other day as I was thinking about that unlimited supply. Interesting. Unlimited supply. See, sometimes we think of his unlimited supply only in one area. But his unlimited supply is multidimensional. Usually, when we think of unlimited supply, we think in the area of finances. Because we deal in a financial world, do we not? It takes money, honey, to live. Right? But I got to thinking about this unlimited supply. He has an unlimited supply of wisdom for you. So that's what I'm fixed on. When I face situations and decisions that need to be made, oftentimes I will get input from others like Pastor Tom and Pastor Nancy and others on the staff. And when I get in that place, I say, Lord, I just thank you for your unlimited supply of wisdom for us. Say with me, the wisdom of God is unlimited and available to me. Now tap into it. Ask Him for it. Pray in the Holy Spirit about it. And you will see the leadings of the Holy Spirit come up from the inside of you and be made manifest in your mind so you will know exactly what to do. That's a word for some of you. Because some of you right now are facing some big decisions. How many of you are facing some major decisions right now? I mean, big decisions. That's several of you here today. Ask Him for wisdom. Entreat Him for it. Seek His wisdom like choice silver. Hallelujah. And then pray and pray and pray and allow the wisdom of God in you to be manifest toward you. But this unlimited supply, everyone say unlimited. Unlimited. Supply. Supply. Does he not have an unlimited supply of strength for us? Oh, there's so many opportunities out there to be weakened, are there not? But notice Abraham was not weak in faith, but he was strong in faith. Why? Because he gave glory to God. So what I'm giving glory to God for at 73 years old, I'm planning on on being on earth for a long time by the grace of God. And if I'm going to be on earth for a long time, I've got to cooperate with the word of God. If Mark Thomas, Pastor Mark, wants to be strong in faith, I must make sure that I'm giving glory to God every day of my life for His strength. Amen? Amen. That lines up with the Word of God. It says, let the weak say... I am strong. Woo, glory to God. Let the weak say... I am strong. What are you? Strong. Who are you? Strong. You're strong. strong. Unlimited supply. Unlimited supply. Our source has unlimited provision available for us. We've got to take the limits off of Him and take the limits off of our eyes 
and see that he is our abundant provider. He's unlimited. He's your source. So my prayer for you in 2024, if you're going to progress and you're going to move forward, that you keep your eyes only. Everyone say only. Only Only on him. In closing, if you would, turn with me quickly, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 4. Here's a verse of scripture, I believe, that will put the icing on the cake. Some of you have been waiting for the icing for 10 minutes. But here it is. <laughs> Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Amen. I remember years ago, Brenda and I spoke at the banquet at Rama. It was an honor and a privilege. And uh, I was the guest speaker that night. And imagine this, you know, a rookie with Brother Hagen on my right. I mean, sitting this close. He, could, he was sitting so close that he could see my notes. And then Pastor Hagen over to my left. And I'm here. Good evening, everybody. (laughs) And I think, you know, by the grace of God, it did an adequate job. But one of the things Pastor Hagen said, he said, He that keepeth it short shall be asked back. (laughs) I'm still waiting for the invitation. (laughs) Anyway, Proverbs chapter 4. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to go to to the uh, uh, keyboard. Thank you, Pastor Nancy. Amen. I appreciate that. Don't you appreciate Pastor Nancy? I do. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Good help. Amen. That's such a great blessing. And if you want the kind of help that we have here, be a helper. Sow some help and you'll reap some help. Thus saith the Lord. All right. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Notice this. It said, My son, attend to my words. That's another way of saying, keep your eyes only on him. The word attend there, I looked it up, means to pay attention, to observe, to hearken, to regard, to be attentive. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto what I am saying. That word incline then means to bend, to stretch out, to incline, to turn aside, and to bend down to hear what he's saying. We bend down by looking into our spirit. Verse 21, read it with me. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of thy heart. Read verse 22. For they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. And here's what I got about that verse, where it says they're life to those that find them. They're not only health and medicine to all your flesh, but they are wisdom for your spirit. They are strength for your body. They are encouragement for your soul. And they are light, and they are detraction for your path. Amen. Stand with me, everybody. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, raise your hands. Raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. I've got my eyes only on you. Glory to God.